Just checking in while I'm still on paternal leave from this fucking podcast. Yeah, we're not um, dead. Yeah, uh, we're just gonna pop in for a quick spot here for a little mini-sode. A mini-mini-sode. Not a regular episode, but a mini-sode. Welcome back to King of the Shill, where Scott and I usually try to shill each other on things that maybe the other person doesn't really have a whole lot of experience with, or maybe doesn't even like. And, um... But today we're actually just saying hi. Yes. Because if you didn't catch it last week, I have a baby and that has consumed a lot of my time, but not so much that I can't sit down for a quick chat about real dumb shit, right? Yes. I feel like this is the time where you need to sit down and talk about dumb shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need uh, not a a break from the dumb shit, but I need a break for the dumb shit. Yes. If that makes sense. Right. Which speaking of dumb shit, I don't know why I started watching this show, but I've been binging Titans. <laughs> uh, I can't blame you. I've been watching some stupid shit too, but man, I, ugh, the costume design and the entire motivation of that show just, sickens me personally yeah it's it's very entertaining um i'll give it that it's um i'll I'll say this sometimes as a massive mark for the bat family it's my pickings outside of the comics are very few and far between right there's some representation of it uh in interactive media in the arkham games there's that new Arkham Knight bullshit that's coming out. The Gotham Knights, it's probably going to be bad, but I'm going to buy it anyway. Um, and like, you know, Teen Titans, the um, the original cartoon is probably the best, but I've watched it so many times that it's like old hat to me. So I was like, well, sometimes I'm up with the the, the baby very early where I have a few hours to myself. I don't feel like watching anything super serious. So I was like, I'm going to give Titans a shot. And I feel like I got hooked into a soap opera. Yeah. That's like, it's kind of, kind of the, the, the vibe that I get. Is it like CW level television? Is that basically the gist of it? I will say that it is, it's, it's markedly better. Okay. Um, it's so like it, it launched on the, the DC streaming app. I think it was yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Like they had like this DC streaming app and then that went away very quickly. And I don't know where it's airing now, but it's being carried on HBO max. That might be the only place that it airs. Um, and I, so I will say that <laughs> the most CW thing about it is probably that, uh, they're really excited to say fuck. Like everybody says fuck a whole lot. Like everybody swears like a sailor, which Typically, I have like a big problem with that because I just feel like it's sort of unbecoming of a hero unless you're watching something like or engaging something like Watchmen or The Boys, something that's specifically about exposing like, you know, the, yeah, just, the rawness of the heroes. It right? just comes off as edgy because it's like, yeah, the, the entire point of these characters is that they're above that kind of thing. So when you write them to do it, it's like, oh, wow, you're a little edgy boy, aren't you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Right now, I will say to give to give it a little a little bit of slack on that, it does have the dynamic going for it that like these are friends, right? Mm-hmm. And like you you would swear around your friends, you know what I mean? Like you would say, "Ah, oh, fuck you," but fuck you, buddy, you know what yeah. I mean? Like so, at least there's that, and I, I it's it's not quite as infantilized as the CW stuff. Like you watch something like I've watched, I watched a couple seasons of arrow. Right. And just like every CW hero show, it's like, well, we need to find a way to stretch this into a 38 episode. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of, as we like to call it monster of the week shit on it, but like, it's not interesting because it's superheroes and they don't do anything compelling with villains where it's like, Ooh, you know, like, he's on the hunt of this like cool 
villain that's like a kind of like a deep cut, you know? Arrow is all about how many times we can get that actor in the center of frame pouting, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it's 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 just melodrama, which yeah, in a show where people have like superpowers and like unlimited super wealth and super intelligence and all this kind of stuff it's just like it's so trite it's like why why did we need the young and the restless version of this you know what yeah I mean? well exactly and like thankfully titans only last like 10 to 13 episodes per mm-hmm. season like it's it's short they're an hour long and like the concept i actually kind of dig right because it's it's this take on like Dick. Dick is like he he doesn't leave to become Nightwing. He just leaves Gotham. He's like, fuck this, because he finds the guy that killed his parents that was responsible for the sabotage of the Flying Graysons. And instead of saving his life from the Maroney family that come to do a hit on him whenever he's like beating him up. Um, he lets him, he lets him get shot up. Right. Cause he's like, I need vengeance. Right. Which is like, as if you know anything about Batman and the bat family, that's that kind of vengeance is just like the line that you don't cross. So he ends up leaving Bruce because he's like angsty about like, Oh, you weaponized my childhood. You turned me into this vengeful person and, you know, and used me as this tool to enact your vengeance for, your parents murder and everything. So he leaves and he becomes a cop and then he gets entangled with, with Raven. Right. So he starts the Titans again because he's like, we used to have the Titans and then a bunch of us got killed by Deathstroke, And now I feel like I want to start the Titans again. So it's, 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 it's interesting on the perspective that like, it's not your typical Dick Grayson story. And I'm a huge mark for Dick Grayson. So I'm just like, show me Nightwing, right? That's like, that's why I'm into it. That's why I'm here. But you get a lot of angsty stuff. And Jorah Mormont plays Bruce Wayne. Oh, wow. That's a weird choice. It's so weird that it's when like, Dick goes to Wayne Manor for the first time, I was like, oh, it's Alfred. Yeah. Well, it's like, that's, that's fucking dark knight returns level age like well well right and jason todd is a main character there are for for like two whole seasons there are two robins there's dick grayson who is dressed in the robin costume and there's jason todd who is also dressed in the robin costume so like it's not like like if you're lining up bruce wayne with when he was around jason todd he was like 38 <laughs> you right. know what i mean not 52 yeah so like that which don't get me wrong i love i can't remember is the actor's name for the life of me but i love the act i love jorah mormont right oh, i love yeah. that actor every time i see him in something i'm like hey sweet storm mormont right and uh and so it's cool that like he's in it but i thought for sure that he was alfred right yeah well, it's it's another one of those things of like the the image is not quite right. You know what I mean? Well, exactly. But I will say that so far, it's like I said, it's like entertaining for the same reason that a soap opera is. And like it kind of knows what it is. Right. Right. The people making it aren't like we're trying to compete with Marvel. Right. Like Marvel always feels like like the Marvel shows. I watch them all. They all feel like they're trying to compete with Marvel. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? But they're like, we have to beat ourselves with these. And so they just it just gets bigger in scope and concept as time goes on. And it's just like, oh, my God. Right. This one, at least, is like. We're it's D.C., right? D.C. Yeah. is notoriously schlocky. So, like, at least play it at least plays into the schlock aspect of it. But there are a ton of people in Ozark. That, that are in that show which is hilarious um because i was i've been watching that uh simultaneously as well but it's it's i'm i'm honestly shocked at how much i'm enjoying it just because they're just like we're gonna put the people in the costumes and we're gonna let them do their fucking thing like it's it's fine right yeah 
That's shitty TV. I mean, you need shitty TV, right? I mean, you're talking to someone that hate watched Picard. I understand you. And I mean, something doesn't have to be like good to be something you consume. I mean, hell, I mean, I actually like it, but I watched the entirety of Mike Tyson mysteries in about three days uh, last week. So (laughs) I know all about it. I've never watched an episode of that show. It's really fucking good. It's 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 this surreal. It's this greatness about Adult Swim where. Okay, so for anybody that doesn't know, Mike Tyson Mysteries, uh, it's a 10 minute animated show that aired on Adult Swim four seasons. And there's about there's about 24 or something episodes per season. Uh, It's an animated series aping like Scooby-Doo or Johnny Quest or something like that of Mike Tyson, his fictional adopted Asian daughter, Young Lee, uh, Young He rather. Uh, Norm Macdonald as Pigeon, a man who is turned into a pigeon. And uh, do you know uh, Community? The Dean from Community plays the Mark uh, Marquess of Queensberry as a ghost Ugh. that lives with them. And they solve mysteries. <laughs> and by solve mysteries, I mean they don't solve mysteries. It's like a farce. And it toes this really fucking abstract line of like, are they fucking with Mike Tyson or is he like doing this on purpose (laughs) like his his character is in it's insane in a way that could never be scripted he he goes on in on these like little micro rants where like he goes completely off topic to what's happening on screen and like nobody else is talking and it's like zoomed in on his character where he'll like finish a thought and it's like did he just like stroke out for a second and they just put it in the episode or (laughs) (laughs) and it's because he's such a good sport about it. I mean, they interview him at the end of every episode. There's a little like vignette of him. Yeah. Right. He's such a good sport about it. And it's, it's hysterical. And every once in a while, uh, because Norm Macdonald passed, people were posting about like, obviously his body of work. So someone was posting about uh, pigeon. I was like, Oh man, I want to go back and watch that. And, um, I don't know. It's hard to explain because it's it's basically a gigantic shit post. Uh, there's there's nothing of substance to the show at all, but it's very funny. I, I mean, I, a 10 minute format is probably perfect for that then. Right. Yeah. There's there's no must, no fuss that you get in. You understand what the premise of the episode is. And then there's like just a series of jokes ending in like a massive disaster. That's the premise of every single episode of Mike Tyson Mysteries. But it's really funny. Yeah, I, I, I like, I've never watched it and I've always been like tangentially aware of it. And it's always been one of those things where I'm like, oh, I got to check that out sometime. And then I just never did. Yeah, it's on Hulu. Uh, You could tell in the first cut within the first couple episodes if it's something you'll think is funny or not. Yeah, it's, it's kind of what I always loved about Adult Swim, right? Was like their their blocks were always like so quick right or the, the usually the longest show that you would see and a nightly block was 30 minutes long right and mo- and a lot of them were 15 so yeah. like i i always loved like you could just sit down and see all of this great independent work uh in in most of the cases from all these like really like avant-garde artists at the time that even if you didn't really like it, right? like Squidbillies, for example, is one that never really connected with me, mm-hmm. even though like I recognize its quality. Right. And I understand why people like it. It's just never one that connected with me. But the episodes are so short that like when it would come on, you could just yeah. kind of veg out and watch it. And then, you know, the next thing would come on. So like it's cool that, uh, you know, Mike Tyson mystery still exists in that that same like comfortable adult swim feeling format. Yeah, I I actually do highly recommend it, but only for the type of people that like surreal comedy, right? Like the the jokes are funny. Don't get me wrong. Like Norm Macdonald is actually really fucking funny in the show, but the majority of it comes from reacting to the thought of Mike Tyson in a recording booth saying the shit he is saying and not understanding how they got there. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Oh my god! Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. I mean, Norm Macdonald sounds like the perfect person to have in that environment too. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I I do have a question for you though. Yeah. What? Because you know, wrestling show long and done, right? Mm-hmm. We're gearing up for the next 
What do you what do you got in store? I'm I'm genuinely curious. So I've been thinking about it, and I think I want to continue the sci-fi trend and talk about another show, but I'm stuck between that and talking about a very specific uh, card game that we've talked about before. So uh-huh. I've tried to get you into card games in the past, and I have played some uh, Android Netrunner with you. I've played we've played a lot of Arkham Horror, but we haven't really touched on the granddaddy of them all, Magic the Gathering. And uh-huh. I have been sitting on a concept for a show that I think would be really interesting, but I don't know what the end game is. So it's either, either magic, the gathering and uh, doing kind of a special presentation on that or another sci-fi show that I've picked. It is not the X files and I will keep that a secret because <laughs> I'm watching that and I haven't even told you I'm watching it. So I, um, I don't know how I don't know if I'm happy or sad that it's not the X-Files. We can do a special talk on the X-Files, but like my I I watched even more since my rant when we talked about it on the show. And my opinion hasn't changed, man. It's I'm in season four point seven five, basically. Right. Like I'm coming up to season five and I just don't have the energy to watch it anymore because every single week. And we're back to uh, <laughs> Scully does not believe in anything at all. And Mulder has no standards at all. So it's it just gets exhausting at a certain point. There's still some good episodes, but I, it's I too bad that it's too bad that we can't get like a Scully and David Holthouse episode. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's um. There is one episode you did ask me at the time, like, what's the dumbest thing you've ever seen? Uh, yeah, this yeah, one's up there. Uh, there's an episode that Mulder isn't there and Scully gets into a romantic entanglement with a guy that has a tattoo of I can't. It's some like old, like 50s, like World War Two era, like starlet. Right. It's it's basically like getting a tattoo of Marilyn Monroe. I can't remember her name. It's an actual person. But imagine that. Right. And the tattoo yeah. can talk to him and it drives him insane and it's evil. And that's the premise oh of the God. show. Because the, the tattoo oh is jealous of all the girls in his life. It sounds like uh, it was written by fucking Zach Baggins. From yeah. Ghost Adventures. <laughs> it's oh, it's I mean, it. it Played out like it Is was written this the by parlor where the talking tattoo was tattooed on this man's neck. We have to talk about some paranormal stuff at some time, especially give, the, us, give us a sign. If it's, if you're here, are you tattooer? Are you into paranormal stuff at all? Like, all right. All right. Here. Paranormal stuff. Am I into it on the basis of, do I believe or on the basis of, do I indulge? Oh, do you indulge? Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, we, I went on a ghost hunt not too long ago. Uh, actually, too long ago. About a, month, uh, a year and a month ago. 13 months ago. With, uh, <laughs> with uh, Friends of the Pod, Iron City Pan- Paranormal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like... It's, it's, it's awesome. Like, it's a riot. Like it's, it's, I always look at it like suspending my disbelief with that stuff. Right now there have been times where I've been genuinely creeped out and I probably only slept like two hours that ghost hunt that we did in this hotel, uh, up in like, um, like, uh, it was, uh, like up near Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Right. And, uh, so I'm not like. I'm not like Zach back. <laughs> yeah. Put it that way. But yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's spooktober. I've been jumping back in on a lot of different horror stuff, especially a video game here. I think we're going to talk about in a minute, but I, I am one of those people that like, like you said, I suspend my disbelief. I know that there are lots of things that are not explained, but I'm not going to jump out and say aliens are real. Like I'm aware there are UFOs. I don't know what they are. 
right and that's part of the fun is not i don't know what they are i don't know if they're aliens or whatever right or some weird trick of physics same thing with ghosts i've had experiences i don't know how to explain them so i don't try to right like i i think i've told you i don't think i've ever brought it up on the pod that i've experienced what people call hag attacks multiple times in my sleep and it's like is it sleep paralysis? Because my brain at whenever it happens is like really convinced that it isn't. You know what I mean? So uh, you got attacked by a night hag. Yeah. You know what that is? I mean, I of course I know what a night hag is. Yeah. It's a, so for anyone who doesn't know, it's a very specific type of sleep paralysis where uh, typically the person is aware of the presence of someone in the room that is a hag, which is a way of describing like a witch, basically. And I know yeah. what she I know what she looks like, even though I've never seen her physically because I can't open my eyes when it's happening. Right. But I know what she looks like. And every time there's a voice in my head telling me I need to roll over and turn on the nightlight. And my body is well, not like I have a lamp next to my bed, basically. Right. And uh, I have to roll over and turn it on. And it's like my entire body is weighed down. Right. Like there's a five ton truck on my body and it always ends up with me eventually rolling over and turning on the light and I wake up and then usually I just can't fall back asleep because I'm awake at that point. But yeah, it's happened to be, it's happened to me several times. Mm -hmm. So, so is, is, does the hag look like me? Yeah, it's (laughs) actually, do you know know what it looks like? Um, I, I know exactly what it looks like. It's, um, Oh fuck. What video game is it? I'll have to look it up and report back next time. But there, there is a video game enemy that looks exactly. Oh, uh, it's it looks like uh, this is where like you would say like, oh, it's your sleep paralysis digging us up. You know, the Hemwick witch, Hemwick, Hemwick Charnel Lane. Yeah, of course. It, it looks like an extremely long version of that. Like it. Yeah, it, that's fucked. It, yeah, it stands Come up on, and dude. leans over my bed. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucked. So I, you are, are you okay? I'm okay. Yeah, I, it doesn't even scare yeah. me anymore. Like it, it's now at the point where it's like, come on, bitch, do something. Try me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> do something. I've been waiting. Yeah. I've been waiting. I um, I thankfully don't have any cognizant memories of experiences with sleep paralysis, but I feel like I have experienced the whole like get up thing. Right. Yeah. Like and like like something beckoning you to get up and like you're trying to move your body and you can't. Right. Mm-hmm. And it feels like it lasts for an eternity. But then when you go back and you think about when it happened, you realize it was only like a couple seconds, you know? What yeah. I mean? mm-hmm. But thankfully, I've never experienced like a hag or like the feeling of like, yeah, well, you know, <coughs> excuse the me, creature in your room. Yeah, it's it's interesting, too, for me, because like with all my breathing problems, I don't particularly sleep very deeply. I don't recall my dreams. Most of the time I don't get go until yeah. you're really deep REM sleep. So to the, the vividness of it when it happens too, is one of those things where like my rational brain, yeah, it's sleep paralysis, but like you suspend your disbelief cause you don't know what it is and what's causing it. Like why only those nights? You know what I mean? That type of thing. Yeah. So I, <laughs> Uh, my wife and I had a a joint lucid dream the other night. Really? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was so crazy. Um, so like you know, obviously the the baby wakes up uh, very often in the night. Um, we are we are lucky in that she does very well, knock on wood, uh, compared to some other children um, that uh, I've read about and have been told about. But. Um, there you know you can't fall asleep while you're holding a baby right you know what i mean like you can't so like well she'll get up and like she sleeps in our room at the moment because she's only three weeks old and uh so she'll she'll get up and we'll feed her right and we'll usually like try to feed her so in the room in the dark so that she goes back to sleep but to, in order to make sure she doesn't fucking vomit all over herself while she's sleeping you kind of we kind of try to leave her upright for like 10 or 15 minutes before we put her back down mm-hmm. and uh so there's always this feeling and anxiety, right? That like, don't fall asleep while you're holding the baby, you know? Mm-hmm. So after we put her down a couple nights ago, I was sleeping and I woke up because like you, I am, I am also a light sleeper for the most part. Um, like my sleep trackers on my Apple watch and shit are always like, you need to get more deep sleeps. <laughs> so I, I will usually wake up when, 
I hear any kind of noise, right? Like, and that's why it's so I sleep with the TV on most when I don't have a baby next to me because I need white noise. Otherwise I'll wake up. So I woke up from, I think something that the baby was the, some noise the baby was making. And I looked to my right and I, or left rather. And I saw, I saw my wife and she was sleeping at like, she was sitting up and she was sleeping. Like she was cradling the baby. So I was like, you can't fall asleep while you're holding the baby. Yeah. And, and then she like, kind of like stirred awake and she's like, I'm not. <laughs> and then she rolled back over. And then, so the next morning she's like, I dreamt that I, I had fallen asleep holding the baby and I woke up in a panic because right when I was waking up, you rolled over and you were like, you can't fall asleep while you're holding the baby. <laughs> it's weird it's spooky yeah Yeah. it's 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 weird like there's i i I just feel like there's so much we don't know about sleep you know yeah or the collective human unconscious that kind of stuff right like egregore yeah like it one if if we ever get really intoxicated one day i'll tell you my theory on what ghosts are uh uh, that'll be an interesting conversation we should have the paranormal guys on the pod i would be super down I love talking about yeah. that stuff. I, yeah. I had a I had a we phase in high school and early college where I was like reading up on a lot of literature and stuff like that. It's it's uh, it really interests <sighs> Dude, me. Yeah, I well, the other thing, too, is like um, I'm going to I'm going to invoke Zach Baggins again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, it's 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 interesting to me because like uh, there's there was the birth at some point in history. And I, I want to say it was when ghost hunters rose to power. Right. Taps. You remember them? Right. Yeah. Yeah when taps rose to power in the paranormal world of, it was like the birth of the ghost bro. You know what I mean? Right. Where yeah. like suddenly it was like this really booming, spectacular like subculture. Right. Um, and that just escalated and manifested into the perfect ghost bro. Who's Zach Baggins of ghost adventures. Right. So like, I, I don't, I don't get like, like that with it right and i've always i've always found it interesting that like um like these shows specifically have like spawned so many different things uh like like uh, subunits of it like almost like splinter companies like that you know yeah but it's it's i always found it really interesting that it always seems to grab like a wide very heterogeneous group of people you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it's it's not there are the ghost bros, but it's not this thing where it's not like, not like hockey, right? Where it's like everybody that plays hockey is the same type of dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's not like something like that. And I always found that really interesting because I think that it speaks to everybody's kind of connection with that kind of thing specifically, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's like the untold sixth sense thing. There's like just something about certain people where they're more prescribed to believe the molders of the world, right? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, the uh the ghost dudes have some have some good stories on them that that I've heard. Um D- Daniel uh him and I go way back and I I think that I I'm just I'm going to take credit for it on the record even if I don't deserve credit for it. But I think that I I think that I was instrumental in sparking his his uh interest in the paranormal because when we were in high school have you ever heard of the story of uh no face charlie or charlie no face no what is this i'm really surprised because of where you're from in the pittsburgh area Mm -hmm. right but he was this guy that was like he kind of walked around sort of uh like uh like deep beaver county area into like where like over towards midland i think right and oh the green man yeah yeah yeah. yes the green man yeah yeah the guy that was electrocuted and his if you features were all melted together and shit if you believe my mother uh my grandfather knew him and would give him money and my mom would sit in the back seat of the car and my grandpa would just see him on the street or whatever and stop and give him like some money to go get a beer or whatever yeah dude so many people my stepdad has stories like that my stepdad played in in bands like variety bands and polka bands and shit like that all throughout that that time like you know i mean my stepdad served in vietnam so he was around in 
uh, the you know 60s and the 70s, right? When like he was out late at night all the time, and he would go out and walk the streets late at night because it got to a point where like people were stopping, like assholes were stopping to like assault him and shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. he was this disfigured man, and you know people are pieces of shit. So, um, so like if you talk to p- people from that area, everybody's got got that kind of story dude it's it's crazy how many people saw him and knew of him and it's so interesting for me to like go and see how much of an urban legend it is but i told the story to dan <laughs> when we were in high school and we were driving home from a football game we were a marching band we were driving home from a football game one night and it was real late and i was like dan have you ever heard of no face charlie <laughs> yeah and so he was like no so i told him the story i and like, well, we at least recap the story. And like, there was like uh, a period of like 15 minutes on the drive home where we were both so fucking freaked out that we were just like silent the whole time. And when we got back to the house, I was like, when we were on Lovi Road, were, were you just like watching the side of the road to see if this fucking guy could just <laughs> keep strolling out? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, it's so good. Yeah, we'll have to we'll we'll have to do some some paranormal shit because I'm I mean I I I'm into it. Like it's it's a lot of fun. I it's always fun just finding new stories too because like the it it compounds the best part of like a good mystery story with uh like all the fun of like something out of science fiction or something like that, right? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, you you get it's real life thrills and it's, it's just, it's the, um, I think it's like you said, like it's the combination of the mystery, the curiosity, and then the great unknown, right? Like what, what is more anxiety inducing than the great unknown? Well, speaking of that, (laughs) I've been, I have been scaring myself shitless recently. And this is coming from someone that, I mean, Chris knows, uh, people will probably come to know, I am not easily intimidated by horror stuff. I used to be a little scaredy cat, but thanks to a I think friend, everyone was. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people were and still are. But I think I I, I distinctly remember not being able to sleep as a child one night because I went into Spirit Halloween and saw all the spooky masks. <laughs> yeah, the stuff the stuff that keeps me up at night anymore is not like Friday the Thirteenth, right? Like it's right, not stuff right. like that. So yeah, um, impending doom is what keeps me up. At yes. Night. I had, uh, oh my God, uh, we're in the say you're not going to like this game either. Well, I shouldn't say that. I like it. It hurts me. So like I had a friend in college <laughs> that was super into horror movies in a Fangoria way. So like yeah. I, I would, he would show me not only the movies, but also like the behind the scenes stuff. And once you see how the stuff is made, it very quickly loses any type of horror right like other than yeah, in, in an right. academic sense like it, it just becomes fun to get grossed out right yeah so nothing really scares me like that anymore also i'm the type of person that's like man horror games aren't really scary for me anymore right like i can't really have a horror experience when i play like a resident evil obviously that doesn't scare me anymore even if it's a new resident evil uh, if I play a game like Outlast, I just usually laugh a lot of yeah, the time at the, simulators. At, the, at the egregiousness of how bad yeah. they're trying to scare me, like that type of thing. Yeah, so, yeah I mean, it's like you might as well just say boo. <laughs> well, in Outlast, it's like the idea of this lump of meat, this f- fucking big show-esque physique of a man chasing me down a hallway with his swinging dick. I shit you not like full on frontal dick. Right. And it's like, okay, like you're just really, you're trying so unbelievably hard. And I don't know whether to like praise you or tell you to chill. Right. But it is called outlast. Yes. You have to outlast this dude. And I don't know if you're going to be able to, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I had enough paranormal lube in the universe for, for spooktober. Uh, I, always watch some horror movies and stuff and i always uh play some spooky games and i decided to finally play the outer wilds chris what do you know about the outer wilds it's like no man's sky but not uninteresting 
Uh, that's only vaguely true. Uh, I, I it's it, it it's is a survival a, game. It's it, yes. for me like I. I, I understand it as a survival game that's got really uniquely uh, like I, um, what's like the art style is very, very interesting to me. Right. And that's basically my knowledge. I can see how you would see that. It's not really a survival game at all. It's a puzzle game. Um, oh, interesting. So okay. I, again, I think it's perfectly fair not knowing anything to say it's No Man's Sky, but it doesn't suck. But where No Man's Sky is this like procedurally generated nightmare of boredom right like it's it's <laughs> it's unfocused the the entire premise of the game like you said is just to do survival mechanics it's like okay go to the next planet look at how it's vaguely different for 10 minutes and then start collecting the same resources so you can get back in your ship and go to the next one right right mm-hmm. the outer wilds so i should say by the way this received uh, the BAFTA Writing and Video Games Award. It was many people's game of the year, including Skill Up, if you know that channel, and several other people that have at least halfway decent taste. I'm about to spoil some things that are interesting to find on your own in the game. So please go check it out. It's cheap. Spoiler alert. Yeah, it's it is well worth your time. Outer Wilds is a puzzle game. In fact. It is a time loop resetting puzzle game. So you start Outer Wilds and you wake up and you are on in a little village on this planet called Timber Hearth. And you walk around and you're like, oh, there's like a little alien dude over there. And you go and you talk to him and he's your buddy. And you can ride. You can't ride this little elevator that's next to you because you don't have the, the codes. So you wander down to the village. Oh, there's a little alien that looks the same. And you talk to him and he's got a a model rocket type thing where you can kind of practice how to fly. And you visually you think like, oh, okay, it's a space game. This is like the tutorial of how to fly the ship. That's cool. And you keep walking down, you go to a village and you can see the history of space flight for this little village. Like it's like they're living in kind of ramshackle huts made of like scrap metal but they're going to space okay that's weird but whatever and you talk to the townspeople (laughs) and there's all these little tutorials hidden in there right go in and fix the exhibit and fixing the exhibit is just like how you're gonna fix your ship right Right. so you you tutorialize your way there yourself the whole way through this village and you end up in a museum dedicated to uh all the achievements of this civilization and their space flight right this little village and if you're fast enough, you might leave orbit and oh. you can go and you can start exploring. But every 22 minutes, the sun in this little solar system goes supernova. And if you were to die at any point of this, I actually found out it was a time loop immediately by testing the waters on what is essentially noxious gas it's called like ghost matter or something like that okay i was like i wonder how quickly this kills me and i'm dead right like that type (laughs) of situation so yeah right you wake back up every time you die supernova induced reasons or anything else you restart the time loop so my second time loop where i didn't kill myself immediately with like noxious (laughs) gas I went and I talked to the village's little chieftain and he gave me the launch codes. And with the launch codes, I was able to get up the elevator and get to my ship and finally blast off. And you are set free in this. I mean, it's basically a physics sandbox. You're set free in this tiny little solar system with its physics sandboxes. And you can go and check out all the different planets. There's I think there's like six planets. I'm not sure. There's a couple other astral bodies, too. And immediately you're floating in space and it becomes evident to you. It's like, wow, you you literally just pilot this thing through the vast emptiness of space and go and land on planets and see what's up. And you're going and you are basically picking up the pieces of this ancient civilization in this universe. You're you're a four eyed purple uh, alien dude, right? And these, yeah. and no, my, these aliens don't look anything like you, but they were super advanced and you're picking up the pieces of what they were doing here. Cause this is like of interest to you. 
as a result, you find out that they were looking for something that might be the cause of this time loop, right? So I am only six hours into the game. I think people say it takes about 15 to see and do everything. That seems about right because I've com- completely air quotes, right? Like I don't know what I don't know, but I've completely right. cleared out three planets and I still have like three or so to go. So that sounds about right. Sounds like I'm about halfway through, give or take. And you'll just be flying through space and all of a sudden oh, a planet will appear in front of you, Chris, because it's okay. A, I assume it's a quantum planet, which in the game means if you look at it or have a, well, actually, I'm not going to say that part, but if you look at it, it stays still. So I'm looking at it and there's this black orb appears between me and the sun and I'm like shaken to my fucking core. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Is it going to come kill me? <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> Or you'll fly to uh, a planet called Brittle Hollow. I think it's Brittle Hollow. And you'll be like, oh, OK, that's cool. Like I landed on the crust and it's just like a kind of a big rocky moon. There's a dome to the south that I want to get in, but I can't. It says, oh, it says there's a pathway underground on this little note here. This is like the whole thing of the game is um, you retain your memories due to story bullshit every time the time loops. So you can't take anything with you. It's always when you first wake up, but uh, you can keep your knowledge right. And you're, you're working towards solving these mysteries with the knowledge you keep each time loop. So you'll find know my writing you'll find messages left behind by other explorers from timber hearth but it's like okay there's a pathway underground that's oh you go underground and there's a fucking black hole that's holding this planet together (laughs) and you are the planet you find out is falling apart and by the 22nd minute of every time loop the planet is not there anymore and you're looking down at a black hole and if you have any understanding of what that is and you're like me you're like oh my god like you're like backing your character up against the wall you're like no 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 (laughs) right (laughs) and the first time you fall chris towards that black hole and you're going in your butthole clenches and you're like no 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 and you go through and you see what happens on the other side and they're like oh that wasn't that bad i guess and then that you just move on. That's like the premise of the game. Like there's, I've been telling people, cause I, I think more people should play this. Um, so far there have been five things that have scared me to death, like palpable lizard brain fear, right? Like in a way that I don't get from outlast. This isn't even a horror game. Like if you look at it on Steam, it's not even tagged with horror. It's just like the perils of the the natural world type thing that like hits right at my lizard brain. And you have these really cool mysteries as you go through. It's cool to see what the Nomai were doing. And it's cool to see all these planets. Like now that I've figured out Brittle Hollow and I actually just today I took the day off. I beat Giants Deep, this like planet. It, it, it you think the planet is like this giant green globe and it turns out that it's actually like lots of it's a lot smaller than it looks it's this water world with islands completely covered in cyclones and it looks bigger oh, because geez. there's like this massive atmosphere it has a huge atmosphere that you have to go through right it's like almost like right. fog and these cyclones literally rip the islands out of the ocean and throw them into space and then they fall back down. Right. And I, I figured that planet out today and numerous times I wanted to piss myself, but now that I figured (laughs) it out, it's like, like that was just a really cool organic experience. Like things I read on other planets led me here. You have this, this dark kind of dartboard. Like it looks like um, almost like a conspiracy map type thing where you have everything you've learned basically. Right. And it's like, okay, a mystery I saw on Brittle Hollow told me I needed to come here. Right. Like, okay, they I I went to Brittle Hollow and I learned how the cyclones work. So I'm gonna go check them out on Giant Steep and you go and do it. It's just a really fucking cool game. I'm sure it's one of those things where if you start a brand new game, you could probably 
go and get the ending. Uh, there are apparently multiple endings, but you could probably go and get the ending from minute one, right? Oh, there's nothing right. stopping like, you. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it's just it, really cool. There's it, there's not much to say about it. Every planet is super unique. Um, I don't want to talk about like all the secrets of what's happening, but like it it's just this organic way of discovery that a lot of games don't have. I was actually complaining to Chris before about Metroid Dread, which I played and I enjoyed. But in Metroid Dread, you'll get a power up. And the whole premise of a Metroid game is like exploration, right? Right. You'll get a power up and there's there used to be this feeling of like, okay, now I get to I had to like look at my map and find where I can use this power up to progress the game. And Metroid Dread will just kind of lock you in a straight line right after you get it. So it's like, well, you want to make sure you don't get lost or have to explore or anything. So just just follow the way the level is panned out. And playing this after playing the Outer Wilds is like this breath of fresh air of it's entirely up to me. Right. Right. Yeah. It's I mean. I always advocate for player agency within the bounds of a game. Right. And I think that for me, it ha- you have to strike a the game has to strike a, a, the right balance on, um, you know, uh, evolving what you're doing in a meaningful way enough to where it doesn't become a situation where, like, you feel like you're just supposed to go and do something. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes I feel like those um, types of games t- t- tend to stray too far into their the survivalist aspect where it's like you have to just figure things out from the from the get you know what i mean but like you, the way that it tutorials you you know what i mean like the things that you were saying about when you first enter the game it all just sounds like it's a very organically unfolding experience absolutely like there's still so much i don't know about the world but then like you'll come across these moments like i so uh there there seem to be multiple overarching mysteries and i'm sure that the different endings is like depending on what you're specifically looking for there seem to be several like MacGuffin type things and and how much you know because like i was saying before uh there's a concept in the game of quantum materials if you if you pull up that link, I think you can see some of the gifts uh, at the bottom, like showing like some of the planets. But um, there's a uh, quantum material and quantum material, which is uh, not that this is like new or unique. I've seen this in other games is like as long as you're looking at it, it won't move. Otherwise, it's wacky zany. Who knows where it's going? Right. And right. I at first I was like, OK, that's interesting. But there's an overarching mystery about quantum stuff that there's a lot of stuff to investigate. And I went to a temple that was like the know my training ground for quantum stuff, like learn how quantum stuff works. And the stuff I learned in there has made me think to myself, oh, man, all that shit I've seen so far. I bet you I wasn't even using it correctly. Right. Oh, yeah. I bet you there's like more secrets back there that now that i know how this works a little bit better i can use it you know what i mean that's cool but yeah it's it it's really hard to describe and i really want to see how it concludes because there's stuff that it's immediately obvious that it's mysterious like for example right this is this is part of the this is what the greatness of the game is there's like a little skiff that is okay. on our sun and it's like going around. Right. And getting cl- that close to the sun as someone who has crashed into it two times now unintentionally, uh, I can tell you it's bad. <laughs> right. You may not have known yeah. that, but flying into the sun is bad. So there's this little skiff going around near the surface of it. And I'm obviously like, oh, I, I'm sure that's important, whatever that is. Right. Sure. And there's this thing where the game has autopilot. So like you're supposed to be able to lock on to any object in space and then like set your autopilot to go to it. And your autopilot might not work, but either way, it's like, it's one of the accepted things about the game. I can't lock on to that bitch. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh, I wonder why that is. So right. You can see these things that look either like 
sinister. So I, I found out the the planet that appeared in front of me. That's apparently the entrance to the DLC. Uh, so I oh cool. So uh, like things like that where it's like it, it is immediately in your face a mystery. Like what the hell? Why is this planet not on the map? And why can I see it in front of me? And it's pitch black and it won't illuminate. And I turn around and it's gone. You know what I mean? That type of thing. It's just this really organic sense of in the same way that I felt about Breath of the Wild. If I truly do want to see what that is, except instead of in Breath of the Wild, instead of it being like very relaxed. Now I'm constantly panicking. So, yeah, Yeah, that sounds that sounds cool. I mean, I you're just going to have to show me, dog. I will. It is. It is, I think, an uh, enjoyable experience to share, too. It's one of those things where, like, I could see myself playing this with a person. It's not like co-op or anything, but playing this with a person and just like enjoying their reactions to what they're seeing, too. It's it's a it's a it's a content generator. (laughs) Right. Well, I am looking forward to checking it out. I mean, I'm 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 sure that. I'm sure that it's 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 highly highly rated and recommended for very very good reasons. So yeah, it, it it so far I have to do it in short bursts because it I don't want to overload my fear center of my lizard brain. But right, <laughs> I'm getting really into it every time I sit down to do it. That's awesome. Well, for now. I think that I'm going to go finish Titans and like half watch it like I've been doing. And I think that you're going to go finish the Outer Wilds, correct? I'm going to go put some more time in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that both of our backlogs are also monumental. Oh, God. That's you want to talk about (laughs) lizard brain terror looking at my backlog. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we will definitely be trying to chip away at those, uh, I suppose, uh, over the next several weeks. But... Until next time, you can check out all of the episodes of King of the Show at themanyfolds.com as well as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts at, come say hi on Twitter and Instagram at ManyFolds. And yeah, I think we're going to go play some games, yeah? Absolutely. See ya. Peace. King of the Show.